They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. My name is Brent Trahune. I'm I'm sitting here ready to slap a white woman, and I'm joined by my co-host. Gavin Eddings, who is the white woman about to be slapped. You're hysterical, Barbara. Also, quit being ignorant, okay? You're ignorant. Uh, Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, We're finally covering the movie that brought about our show title they're coming to get you yes we're talking about night of the living dead 1968 finally after doing this is like our 30th episode i believe something Uh, like that that's obviously one of the most iconic horror movies of all time one of the most iconic public domain by accident movies of all time yeah which is a, a really fun story which i'm sure we'll get into about why you can just watch this movie everywhere for free. Um, I think this is one of, I think this movie is historic. I think it's great. We love it enough that we named our podcast after a throwaway line that's probably more famous in the movie at times. It's a, that line's to, more famous in this podcast, but why absolutely, wouldn't it be? Yes, absolutely. Whenever I was doing this on, whenever I upload like the podcast or whatever and like tag it it's like they're coming to get you barbara they're coming to get you and then every form of the word they're spelled incorrectly just in <laughs> case but uh how do you feel about night of the living dead as a whole are you a fan of it how do you feel yeah i'm a fan of this movie and it's uh there's a it's, i don't know if i would call it a comfort watch i've we've talked about it on other podcasts how i'll just put on silence of the lambs <laughs> um that's one i put on this one as just kind of a, if I'm looking for something where I don't really have to pay attention, but I like, and I'm familiar with, I'll, I'll put on neither living dead and it's on everything because it is public domain. So if you're a streaming service and you just don't have this movie, why not? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not on Netflix. I tried searching on Netflix because I'm a lazy person. We've discussed this before, how lazy we can be. You don't want to reach for the DVD. I didn't want to have to turn on my Xbox to get you some of my streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. So I like went through all the ones on my Samsung TV. I was like, well, it's not on Hulu, Mm -hmm. not on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. On HBO. I I watch it on HBO. Yeah. And I have at least two or three copies on the shelves on either side (laughs) of my TV. One is in 4K. Yes. Uh, Is that the Criterion? I think so. It was the one that was at FYE, the box set. Okay. That was like $80 for a while. And I'm like, I'm not, I like this movie, but I'm not going this literally a free movie yeah. everywhere. Uh, but it was in a higher quality. It came with a comic book. It came with some postcards, some other stuff in this box set. And it was, I think I got it at like, when it was like 15 bucks, one of those FYE discount things. Oh, nice. Also, I like the way that you still have an FYE that is open near you. We have uh, two here in Indianapolis. And uh, every time I go, which is not often, uh, the the sections that I like keep shrinking. The Funko <laughs> Pops keep getting bigger and the movies that I like keep getting smaller and they we stay ha- the same. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> we have um, a coconuts here that is like FYE, but not FYE. Is the that FYE- a chain coconuts? Yeah, it's part of the same like um, it's part of the, the same ownership group that owns FYE. Okay. So it's. 
So it is the FYE prices without the FYE. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. If you ever want to pay full retail for, <laughs> for something, head on over to Cocoa Nuts. But you, yeah, you know where like, you can pay double the retail, Gavin, is uh, Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> you ever go in there to look at movies? Not books, yeah. movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, you go in there into like that little closed off section that used to have a register because it used to be hopping, but now it's like a mm-hmm. ghost town. You're like, well, what vinyl do I want? What? Yeah. Oh, full retail vinyl. Love this. Love paying. And it's all like very artsy movies. I feel like it's like yeah. all the Criterion Collection. Yeah. A lot of films at the Barnes and Noble. But then sometimes it'll be like a new release, but just a DVD, not a Blu-ray, not a 4K. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this $28? <laughs> I don't want Suicide Squad with Jared Leto for $28. There in less are, than 1080p. <laughs> there are real works of actual art in this building, and you're going to sell me Suicide Squad for 28 yeah. near $30? <laughs> Good day, sir, but no thank you. Well, the, even rear window shouldn't cost $28. <laughs> you're like, I'll do, best I'll do for rear window is $18. Like $15 to $18, that's the real sweet spot for rear window. Yeah, but I digest but we digressed uh, way into the into the <laughs> inner workings of coconuts and FYE. Um, I watched the version of this on because there's a couple. I could have watched the colorized version, but mm-hmm. I wanted to watch like the authentic version. And the one they have on Amazon Prime is like the public domain version. And it was shit. Hey, it was <laughs> it was it was grainy. It had the pops. It felt like I was watching like a real film, like you, you uh, were you watching had, vinyl. You had all the pops what, yeah. and clicks. And... <laughs> it was the, the warmth I felt as it kept <laughs> going out of focus. I was like, mm-hmm. this is they you really can't enjoy this on a on a PlayStation five. <laughs> uh, I I'm a big fan of this movie and I came to this movie uh, late, I there was the what was it 20 years ago, Gavin, where there was just the zombie craze, everything was zombies. Yes, we, about, yeah, about 20 years ago. Oh my god, yeah, we had Zack Snyder's Shaun Dawn of the, of the Dead, yeah, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. You had 28 days later, a few years later in 2010, you had The Walking Dead kick off its mm-hmm. like 10 11 year reign of. The number one show on TV. I mean, it we, just at the time this crazy. recording, it ended two year, two months ago. Walking yeah, Dead, you know, yeah, Walking Dead, and there's still like three or four Walking Dead spinoffs that are going. There's like a mm-hmm. Daryl Dixon show, Negan and Maggie are getting a show, and it's like people weren't on board anymore for the main series. Are we sure? Are we sure? Also, uh, does Jeffrey Dean Morgan not have enough shit to do that he still has to be Negan? You got he's a handsome man. Let the Very man be handsome. handsome. But uh, like so 20 years ago, there was uh, the zombie craze and I would see uh, my friend Nate and I, we were big into zombie. We'd watch anything zombies, even like the movie House of the Dead. Do you do you remember that movie? I unfortunately remember House of the Dead. I think that would be a fun one to cover on the podcast because it is shitty. It was it's still to this day is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Because it, it's from a video game, House of the Dead. Yes. And it has footage from the video game spliced <laughs> into the movie. Uh, but what, I, what I'm saying is, so 20 years ago, big zombie boom. And 
you see all these great movies, especially like Shaun of the Dead or probably more so one of the quintessential zombie movies is the is the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes. And then so you're like, oh, I got to go back and I got to watch the the granddaddy of them all. I got to watch Night of the Living Dead. And my first viewing was like, zombies don't do this. <laughs> certain things and i was like why is judith o'day just comatose the whole movie (laughs) barbara like and at first i was like i don't like this at all but then i was like i like this ending but the more i watched it you have to put it in perspective of most zombie things that we know today came from this movie this is the what many people would call the the modern day zombie movie. There were other zombie movies, but that those had to do more with voodoo type stuff. But this one, we get a lot of the tropes in the genre um, here first. And I think when you look back and you put it in context of when it came out, uh, I, I really like this movie. I also really like it. However, I'm going to admit something now. When I was watching this, for the podcast, I did fall asleep. I did. It's, <laughs> it's a little it's slow in parts. And it, and at times nothing is happening. And it tries to make you feel as though there's this uh, impending doom. But they have a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of downtime in between waves of the zombie horde. Yeah. So, and I don't know. Do you do you attribute that to maybe movie? Because this came out in 1968. Do you think back in the day they had a lot more time in movies as far as not a lot's happening, but it's got to be 90 minutes. Do you think back in the day movies a little bit slower? I think so. This is definitely the oldest movie that we've covered on this podcast so far. Yeah. And this is very quintessential. Like this feels more old timey than like Frankenstein or the Wolfman. I don't know why. I don't think I don't I disagree, sir, but go ahead. Continue. It feels very old timey to me. I I get that it's it's uh, about 50 years after those movies. Mm -hmm. but This feels very old timey to me, just like with the sound effects and just how people are talking and the nonstop music that is happening, Mm -hmm. whether you want it to be there or not. It's just very like, oh, there's a zombie over there. Old time movie time. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and the, the, they said ghoul, by the way. We're talking about ghouls in this yeah. movie, Gavin. Uh, I, maybe it was because I've watched the shitty quality versions. Maybe it had something to do with that because I've I watched a clean version of it. And I it felt to me more Twilight Zony. Mm. Uh, that's how, how I felt, because not once did anybody in this movie uh, utter the word experiment. Like all those, (laughs) those, those, uh, the universal monster movies and everybody's always working on an, an experiment. That's how they say it. They can't not say experiment They're you know, experiment, but, um, this it's parts it's slow. And this is one of those movies that really could be a play. We could see a stage version of this. Yeah, and I think they did adapt a stage version at some point in the 2000s where, where they did actually do a stage version, which mm-hmm. kind of follows how this film goes. So, yeah, there are very, there are a lot of movies that can be stage plays, and I think this is one of them because mm-hmm. it's, it's basically just one room. It's one room yeah. where they go around and, like, board stuff up. I mean, there, there there's, there's a cemetery scene at the beginning, which is mm-hmm. iconic. Yep. And just Barbara is 
at an 11 the whole time. Like, I thought my anxiety was bad, but Johnny is just barely teasing her about mm-hmm. zombies. And she's like, stop it. She's like pissing herself with just like, they're coming to get you. She's like, no, stop. You, you know, Z- uh, Johnny was so relieved when his head hit that tombstone <laughs> and he didn't have to drive the three hours back with this lady in the car. <laughs> that is a, that is an unfair errand to put your kids on to make your kids drive like 200 miles both ways to put flowers on your dad's tombstone. And then you don't even tag along. Yeah, that's inconsiderate. Even It's the line because I. I realized in this viewing, I'm sure I probably realized in other viewings, they're going to see their dad. And mm-hmm. Johnny's like, you know, I don't even remember what the man looks like. <laughs> <laughs> how long has this guy been dead or how much do you not care? What's like, the, there's one of the two. He went out for a pack of cigarettes and then just never came back. He's like, I forgot, but my mom, she's still jonesing for him. <laughs> They, uh, yeah, they, they traipse out, uh, into the country. And I did mention on the Dawn of the Dead, uh, episode in season one, I think it was, uh, the, the weekend after, uh, I went and to Evan City, where this was filmed in, uh, Pennsylvania, went to the cemetery, uh, watched part of the movie in the cemetery. Cause when you're on the road and you got a lot of time to kill, why not pull up the movie that you're, where you're sitting? It was on set <laughs> cinema. This cemetery is, uh, you know, is when I was there at least is pretty big. There, I think I only saw one car in there the whole time. So to, I was like, man, this would be like a great place to do something illegal. If you got to like exchange a bag, like <laughs> do it in a cemetery because nobody's even there. And if they are, they just think you're grieving or something, you know, like <laughs> you, you just listen, I need you to pick up the bag at Nana Thompson's tombstone. <laughs> Just got to get over here. Uh, I got to, I got some pictures in the in the, uh, cemetery. The, there's a brief uh, scene where you can kind of see the chapel. That's still there. Um, and when, when the very beginning of the movie, when you see the car pull up and go around the hill, that's still there. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. If you ever like swinging through uh, Evan City, Pennsylvania, it's worth a trip. And it's a free thing you can do. Uh, and there there are uh, reviews of the cemetery, which is weird. <laughs> Be like, my grandpa, my, my grandpa has not got a good night's sleep since been put in the ground. <laughs> he keeps coming back saying, turn me over. Turn. Do you think it's weird like uh, for tourists to go into a cemetery? Is that disrespectful or do you think it's not even a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal. Like who, I mean, who cares really? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not like disrespecting and like, as long as you're not like visiting a grave to like actually poo on it or to actually spit on your grave, Uh I I think it's okay. Like people go to see like Elvis's grave or like famous Mm -hmm. people's graves or like famous cemeteries. It's just what you kind of do. I guess I I have ridden a bike through a cemetery. Do you think that is, Cause I've seen people like running in a cemetery. There was like a guy chasing after her and he was, you know, a bit ghoulish and his jacket was ripped. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking about this movie, uh, yeah. no. but like what I've seen people exercise at the gym, run, I've ridden my bike through one. How do you feel about that? I mean, I've run a 5k in a cemetery, like an officially sponsored 5k okay. in a cemetery. And it was, it was fun. I don't think there's, 
we were on the road. It wasn't like we were skipping on the tombs on the tombstones. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this, I mean, it's just road. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's just like, I don't know. I, I remember one time when I was uh, like visiting somebody's grave growing up, I was jumping on the I was like jumping on the tombstones like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like 27. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was and my mom was like, stop, that's not re- respectful. But it's like, yeah. I don't I mean, you're just on the on the gravestone. Like if you think about it, you're if you, if you walk on the grass, it's more you're walking on them. Yeah, you're walking on them. You're walking here. I had an uncle who would just only walk on the tombstones. Really? And I was like, you're 50. <laughs> I, you, I, I'm a child and I know you should probably just not walk on the tombstones. <laughs> was he yelling parkour the whole time? Like- Hardcore parkour. And then one of the, <laughs> the tombstones was slick and he bust. No, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be funny. Um, the Actually, uh, my brother, thanks for bringing him up, Gavin. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, I remember being in the back seat of my grandpa's uh, big Chevy Caprice, big boat of a car, and my brother was learning how to drive in uh, the cemetery that he's now buried in. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Comes full circle, baby. And my my grandpa's whole reasoning for teaching him how to drive in a cemetery, and it's a funny reason, is who's he going to hurt? It's a cemetery. Like there's very few people in there, but I just, that's one of the memories I have of childhood of a cemetery memory. And one day when you have children, if you have children, you will take them to that, that cemetery and be like, I'm going to teach you to drive here. Also meet your uncle. (laughs) Here's uncle Chris. Now drive. (laughs) I need a wheel man by Saturday. (laughs) I've got to pick up this bag at the other tombstone. Here we go. Uh, yeah, we're doing a bag drop <laughs> and I've, I'm dropping some flowers and a bag of cash. Um, can we let you want to talk about the the intro of this movie? Um, this season on the show, we love ourselves a long ass car intro. Mm-hmm. We love it. We like just a car driving down a narrow highway for three to five minutes of just titles. We had it in The Shining. We have it here. (laughs) And when the Night of the Living Dead card turned the corner and you see the Overlook Hotel, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. The crossover we 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 didn't know we needed. (laughs) But I did. Yeah, it's a very long intro. Did you enjoy the intro? This is I, I, you know, on the field trip podcast with Brent Terhune, you and I discussed the best movie intros. And I think this was one of them. I would I would consider this the first 11 minutes to be the intro because the title card comes up pretty early in it. Yes. But I feel like once uh, Barbara reaches the house, to me, that's the intro. Uh, you know, you could you have different interpretations, but I feel like the whole cemetery thing and they're coming to get you and then you get the ghoul and the fight and the run like I feel like there's a lot. This is a, a high point in the movie early. And then it sets you up for a lot of dialogue later. But I think at the beginning of this movie, one of the best intros. It does open up. Yeah, I'm being a little facetious about like the car intro. But yeah, Yeah. that whole intro in in the the cemetery with with Johnny and Barb talking about their dad and the trek. And then him just being like, remember when I used to scare you? They're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm -hmm. They're coming for you. And just it could not have been set up more perfectly that 
that guy, who do they who do they think the ghoul was other than just like a grieving man? Like, even if they're even if he is just a grieving man, they're being real, they're being real crappy, like he's coming to get you. He lost his wife. Okay. <laughs> and he's right there. Like, <laughs> he can hear everything you're saying about him. Uh yeah, the, I I just love this intro. I've I've just pulled up this beginning of this movie and just watch this part. That's how much I like this intro. It's very good. And like I said, Barbara at this, from this point on, she is at a, an, an 11 of anxiety. Like her mm-hmm. resting anxiety is 13. Like it is very high. And I, one thing I do love about, one thing I do love about like older movies, I love old movie fights because they're, they're, they're not well choreographed like a Jason Bourne movie or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just, two dudes slapping each other and kind of grappling but not Mm -hmm. grappling it's very sloppy and when johnny fights the ghoul who i think the ghoul is one of the most iconic characters in this movie and he never gets a name he's just like a grumpy ass old man who is dead and has a very defined jaw i i do believe that i think he's called on imdb maybe it was he's just ghoul number one or somewhere I saw it's just ghoul number one. Now we just call him the cemetery ghoul. Oh, uh, but yeah, what a, an iconic look. And from the jump, when I the first viewing of this, he start he's cha- he chases her to the car, and then he picks up a rock and starts to break the window. And in my head, uh, my pretentious brain of oh, they don't use tools. I forget that they use tools very early on because you kind of see them start using guns and stuff in Land of the Dead, which is the fourth movie in this mm-hmm. series. But yeah, they're very smart in it, Night of the Living Dead, and I forget the, how smart they are. The trowel scene, yeah, when, when uh, Karen kills her mother, and you get the weird scream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that those were that's what two parts of the the this movie that I had a problem with my first viewing is zombies don't use tools. They're not they're That's too human of a thing to do. When the ghoul attacks Barbara, does he go straight for her boobs? Cause he's like in the coat. immediately. like, I don't know if that's some leftover residue where he's like, I was a lonely, I was here grieving my wife. I miss <laughs> her breasts. And he's just like, he's trying to motor boat. And that's when Johnny's like, no, no, how dare you? And just the wrestling and then the head hit on the cemetery is I I love that this early death set people off over the edge. Like this movie is so gruesome and violent. Yeah. That man's head hit the tombstone in the most cheesy way possible. But I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that old movie feel to it. Well, I think what he goes for the boobs, Gavin, you remember in Dawn of the Dead when the, the zombies are in the mall. And they say like, oh, that's just what they did in real life. They go back <laughs> to what they did. This guy's out here grabbing a handful. I would be this zombie. <laughs> I would be around a pro- producer wife and, uh, you know, she'd be trying to get away and I'd be just trying to grab a handful of boob. Boobs. And she would be still, it'd be the same reaction. Stop touching me. Stop it. <laughs> you're, you're ignorant. You're ignorant. <laughs> uh, and like the stuff that I read about this is, there was an instance when they first screened it or one of the first screenings and they're like, the kids of the audience were terrified. (laughs) Okay. So the MPA, as we know today, the GPGR rating came out in November of 1968. 
And in October of 1968 is when this was released before rating. So it was one of the last movies to be released without any kind of rating whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So you could just bring the whole family to to Ghoul's Big Day Boob Grab (laughs) and man getting hit with a tombstone on his head. So, yeah, I just back in the day, you could just bring a kid it's so bizarre to me that they didn't have a rating system back then because for my life, it's always been around. Yeah. Now, and my mom would always, you could pretty much watch whatever. The rating didn't matter, but was nobody around at this screening to be like, maybe you shouldn't have a four-year-old well, in this movie. The, the movie is called Night of the Living Dead. That yeah. does not sound like a child-friendly movie. No. no, I mean, now we have like IMDb parents rating so you can know exactly what timestamp a nipple pops out. Oh, but, oh yes, we do. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, yeah, you would just take a kid into any old thing because it's just something that be like, well, it'll shut him up for a while. And yeah. uh, OK, oh, well, there's a woman being killed with a trowel. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess we well, we paid our five cents. So we are here now. The, I love that it cost a nickel back in the day. Uh <laughs> And just with the, the the scenes with the zombies just eating, you know, what lo- appears to be flesh, that it's it's always weird because we get, we had this conversation with with the movie Saw. Back in the day, this movie, people are like, "Oh, it's so violent and graphic." And I mean, there's violence in it. It's it's zombies, but I'm like, this is so tame compared to what we got later. And then you and I watched Saw. And we were like, this isn't even that much of torture porn. <laughs> yeah, sure, the guy's cutting his foot off, but it's not what we would get later. Even now, like things like I think in of, of the past year, Terrifier Two is what really like set people off. Like, holy, holy crap! This mm-hmm. is the most gory movie. People throwing up in the theaters, passing out, and even that to me, I was like, I mean, this is a lot, but I think they could do more. I think they could yeah. do more. And maybe it's just we're both desensitized. I think, I, th- they, I, think, I think that's called a sociopath, actually. Yeah, uh, I feel nothing. No, no remorse. <laughs> but like I, I in, in hindsight, man, this movie's so tame. But there's imagery in here that I'm like, I wouldn't show a child, you know? Yeah, like there when they go upstairs and they find like the half eaten dead person. Yeah. Even I was like, damn, OK, I forgot this was in the I forgot that was in this movie. How How long was this person dead up there? Because that's like a. It's like a different kind of skeleton upstairs (laughs) where it it was like their their face exclusively rotted away, but the eyes stayed. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think they got it the same place that Wes Craven got the mom (laughs) to lower the skeleton at the from the spirit Halloween store spirit Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we ha- we have the intro. Also, uh, other titles. I guess we could talk about it now. Sh- uh, we're going to be uh, Night of the Flesh Eaters, and that's where we get into that copyright thing we'll talk about. But then also Night of Anubis. That's that. That's where I think this movie would have may have gotten lost in those the the fifties and sixties uh, titles, where you would just see Night of Anubis on one of those bargain DVDs. Of it comes with 50 movies, you know? Yeah, and Night of Anubis, uh, it's, of course, referencing the Egyptian god of death, Anubis. Um, I know that because of The Mummy Returns and his connection to the Scorpion King, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Never heard of her. But, yeah, but uh, 
George A. Romero decided that he did not want to call it that because nobody knew what the hell Anubis was. I And I didn't know that. And I probably knew at some point, but why would I? That's not something that we associate. Even Night of the Flesh Eaters is better than Anubis. Yeah, not Night of the Flesh Eaters, though, does sound very like see movie very campy that you would see now mm-hmm. maybe back maybe this movie does have that legacy if it if it's called night of the flesh eaters i think that's a good name but night of anubis just sounds like almost like a very foreign like romantic film yeah or it's like i just picture something like the mummy which is a yeah. movie that i like the the original mummy which I don't really care for that much. <laughs> but may I recommend the Brendan Fraser version? Ooh, yeah, I'll be there. Every <laughs> he time. plays the whale in in the Mummy, actually. <laughs> um, what? Where else do you want to go with this, Gavin? Um, let's talk about when she gets to the house because okay. she runs for a while. Uh, ghoul guy tries to get in the car, and then she gets to the house, and that's where we meet Ben played by big dick Dwayne Jones. Um, it's never, his penis is not talked about, but swanging. you know he's slanging. He's slanging. Swanging. My and knees are bruised. He carries the weight of this movie and swings the metaphorical dick around. Like he is in charge of the situation. Barbara, she's saying, okay, she's experiencing very traumatic. She, she saw Johnny hit his head on a tombstone. But how many horror movies have we watched and seen the female protagonist see their friend disemboweled and shake that shit off? And Barbara sees one brother hit his head on one tombstone and she can't do anything about it. This is very this is the old school way of playing a a woman uh, of like she faints at one point. (laughs) Women be fainting. It's back in the day when like a woman would get so flustered or a guy would be, uh, have his hands outstretched and coming to get her. And she'd just be like, Oh, like that, I feel cause the, that was the other gripe I had with this. The first time I watched, I was like, this lady is worthless. <laughs> like she does nothing. You've got Ben who is trying to board up the windows, which we watch in real time, him board up several <laughs> windows. I was like, are we just going to watch him board up every window in this house? No, no cuts. We're just going to watch it. In Hold real- on. Let me take apart this dining room table. And we watch him deconstruct a mid-century dining room table uh, and really ruin it. Really just, you know, selfish. He couldn't selfish. have preserved the table at least. But the whole time this man is like boarding up windows and he's like, you want to help? And she's like, <laughs> OK, you say you say anything. And she just freaks out like we got to go back for Johnny. And that's where the big controversial thing happens, where you have on film in 1968, you have a black man just putting the smack it down on a white woman. And if, to be fair, she does hit him first. Uh I'm yes. not defending. You shouldn't I'm not hit anybody. Say, I'm not saying like I will never advocate for a man hitting a woman. I'm just gonna say when he did it to Barbara, wasn't mad. 
I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't mad about it. And I was like, OK. And then he, he puts her on the couch, takes her coat off because she's very flustered. You know, the menopause probably uh, women just be crazy. Well, and, be you know, at the beginning, she couldn't even drive. She drove the car <laughs> into a tree when she tells Johnny, she proclaims. He goes, they're coming to get you. And she goes, I'm on my period. I'm on my period. I'm menstruating. I'm <laughs> menstruating right now. I was like, okay, yeah. Ant flow. <laughs> <laughs> we, I know we're visiting dad, but I've got ant flow visiting right now. <laughs> well, and it's, it's one of those where, uh, one of those old timey movie tropes where um, a woman is hysterical and the thing that kind of fixes it is just hitting her. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me slap this lady. And this that's, is how that's maybe not just a woman thing, but anybody that's hysterical, you slap them and all of a sudden I'm better now. That's what they did in every James Bond movie from 1960 to 2021. <laughs> just they being hysterical, just smack them. It'll it'll knock them back into shape. Just hit him. But as you said, Ben shows up and this dude is in charge. He's like, I'm in charge up here. But he, he's in charge of the whole movie. This guy's running shit. Yeah, as he should. He's got the radio going. He knows about everything that's going down. And yeah, sometimes to, to get control of your situation, you have to smack a lady named Barbara because she's bringing down the vibe. And then you get the he's the alpha male the whole time. And then you get like the other zombie movie trope of boarding up the windows. Yeah. And he's like really commanding that. He's like, we're going to do this one and this one and this one. And he's really he knows his way around the hammer, much like a property brother. So I was very impressed by his craftsmanship. <laughs> well, and uh, this do, do you want to talk uh, about Ben in relation to him being a black guy and, and how that was important? Um, I don't really like talking about how woke these older movies are just. <laughs> I'm so tired of my of, of these woke ideas infiltrating my 1968 films. You go broke. Yeah, go broke. Uh, so it was a big deal. I guess um, George Romero never said that he meant to make it like a social commentary. That's and what just he said, said, yeah. And, and yeah. maybe I believe him. Maybe I don't. But there's also just things in this movie that you look back and you're like, oh, well, that that never would have happened, you know? Yeah, and because Dwayne Jones was a black lead, he was one of, one of the first black leads of any, like, movie, not just horror movies, but, like, just movies, and just seeing how the other characters interact with him and don't want to listen to him, and you're just like, are they not listening to him because they, they, they don't believe him, or is it because they're racist? And I think the answer is they're racist. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, even the, uh, the stuff I found that the script was written for Ben to be a rather simple truck driver. And Dwayne Jones was like, no, I'm going to play him <laughs> like this. Like his dialogue was that of a lower class, unge uneducated person. And he, he uh, Dwayne Jones was a former professor, very well educated. And he was like, no, I'm going to play it like this. Um, he upgraded his own dialogue to reflect how uh, he felt the character should present itself. Because even if Romero wasn't conscious of how a black man would appear on screen, the stuff I found said that that Dwayne Jones was very conscious of that because it came out in 68. He did this interview uh, in 1987 and it was featured on the Criterion release. 
Jones relays a story about a ride home from the set one night. This is a quote from him. He says, we were driving through downtown Pittsburgh of all places and heading back to, uh, to where we were, were staying. And when all of a sudden we came, became very aware that the fact there were some teenagers in a car following us. And at first we thought it was some of the young folks who were around filming. And I looked back and I said, Betty, those are strangers. And then I looked back and one of them started brandishing a tire iron at me. And the paradox and the irony that I had been walking around brandishing a tire iron uh, at ghouls all day long. And there was somebody brandishing a tire iron at me from a car, but an absolute seriousness in that moment, the total surrealism of the racial nightmare of America being worse than whatever we were doing as a metaphor in the film lives with me to this moment. So like he, on the way home from the movie, people are behind him in a car with a tire iron intimidating a dude seemingly just because he was black in 1968. Yeah. And People like to pretend that this very racist time in America was so long ago. And it wasn't. 1968 is not that long ago when you think about the course of human history. And we mm-hmm. still see racism. We still see racism today. Obviously, it's not a great time ever, it, it feels like. But. 1968, when things like Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement, that was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So for him to say that and like he's in a movie, like he's in a movie star and for them to still be like, well, you know what? He may be in a movie or shooting a movie, but we still don't feel safe enough around him because of the color of his skin that we're, we're going to brandish a tire iron. Mm-hmm. Like it's you you can't help but see social commentary in Night of the Living Dead because of things like mm-hmm. that. And even if that's not Romero's intention, you see it like and I I Googled just events in the civil rights movement because during, you know, in 68, in the 60s, here's what was happening. We had the civil rights movement. We had Vietnam. We had uh, anti-war protests. We had assassinations of JFK. MLK was in 1968 and RFK was in 1968. And just uh, something that happened in 1964, August 4th. And think about uh, the scenes where you see the the redneck guys walking across the field, the cops with the German shepherds. Here's something that happened in 1964, August 4th. The bodies of three civil rights workers, two white and one black, uh, were discovered buried near, near Philadelphia, Mississippi. They had been registering black voters in Mississippi and on June 21st had gone to investigate the burning of a black church. The FBI accused nearly two dozen white uh, segregationists of uh, complicity in the murders, including law enforcement officers. So even if Romero is not intending all these dudes with guns walking around a field to look like that, and I in my head, I'm like, that seems like a, a lynch mob to me. It, it'd be a weird coincidence if it wasn't, especially how this movie ends. Uh, one of the most gut punch endings. I know that people like to talk a lot about like the ending of the mist, but this is the original gut punch ending yeah. with how, and we'll get to it. But yeah, just, I, I think with the parallels between the civil rights movements and racism. I I think those social commentary aspects 
make this movie better. And I think that's what helps make it timeless and not just like another zombie movie, whether they intended to or not, like I've like been discussing. Mm-hmm. It has a message that continues and really sets it apart from other like schlock zombie movies. Yeah, there's at least social commentary and you could tie it to things like Vietnam and with the 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 black and white film uh, of you, you would see it nightly in your living room of what was mm-hmm. happening in Vietnam. You you see the the horrors of war. And obviously I wasn't around or, you know, wasn't alive for Vietnam, but you just hear the impact of that kind of stuff. And to put it in context, it's something that you can kind of lean this movie up against uh, as opposed to, oh, the, yeah, it's just people eating people, you know, because <laughs> most zombie things are rarely about the zombies. It's yeah. The human drama with the backdrop backdrop as zombies. I am just so proud of how insightful we sound right now and how educated. And this is truly taking a new turn on how this podcast can be presented. I think that we're really turning over a new, new leaf. This no, is a very- let's slap women. Let's slap some white women. <laughs> Not just this women, is, white women. This is Radio Labs. They're coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of like the horrors of TV and stuff, they, they do turn on the radio. They also watch news footage. Mm -hmm. And I love how sensationalized the news footage is in this where they're like, we we have disturbing reports that they're eating people. They are eating people. It is disturbing. The dead are rising and they are eating people. Uh, Did you hear about that? They're They're like eating. Yeah. Like, God, okay, we we get it. They're eating people. Like We got to get the ratings up. They are eating people. And then cut to commercial and let's sell them something. Uh, Simply safe. No. um, (laughs) Domino's pizza. Besides the beginning of this movie with the chase, my favorite part of this movie is the broadcast, whether it be the radio parts or the TV parts when they're in like Washington, D.C. I love that. And something I read uh, pointed this out was over the radio broadcast, the things that look like people uh, but act like animals. And mm. describing the zombies, but are they describing the zombies, Gavin? Because mm. any zombie thing is who's the real monster? That's every zombie thing. Yeah. But to use that type of language, especially during a time of racial turmoil, it, it has to be on purpose, George Romero. It has to. You can't just make this accidental. It can't just be this many coincidences. I don't I don't even tie that into like a race oh, yeah? thing. I just think it's like human beings being shitty because we get uh harry the 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 guy from the basement comes up and man don't you just hate this dude from the time he's on screen would you like to argue about going to the cellar or not going to the cellar for 20 goddamn minutes well that's what we're gonna do let's set the clock producers (laughs) uh where are you going gavin I'm I'm staying upstairs. Where are you I'm going? going? Downstairs. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm taking the radio upstairs. and food with me. <laughs> I'm staying upstairs. Where <laughs> safest it's, place yeah. in the cellar. This, I mean, this movie's what ninety-eight minutes long. It could yeah. be eighty, I think, and <laughs> still be fine. But again, I think it's a great movie. But you get those kind. It's, you get the it's dialogue heavy, but from the time Harry Cooper is on screen, I'm just like, I hate this dude. Cause he doesn't say anything. He just argues about the seller and just, just 
disagrees with Ben the whole time. And you're like, this man boarded up all these windows. And one of the arguments is like, uh, it's a he said, he said. He's like, so so you said that you couldn't hear anything, but but you could hear it's like mm-hmm. I just want you to get your story straight. It's like none of this matters. Well, I think what the thing that Ben is doing is he's proving that the guy's a coward and he's yes. just not coming up. And it's like it's there was a, a scene in the movie where like he's busting Barbara's balls about not doing anything. But I'm also like, you're kind of not doing anything either. And you're worse because you're just a contrarian. Like I would rather have Barbara than you on my team. And that's, and that's hard to hear for anybody. It's she's useless (laughs) and she's, he, she, he's worse than useless. Like at least in the way, at least she's useless, but quiet. Yeah. Yeah. She's not coming in guns. We got to go to the cellar. We got to, we got plenty of time. We're just going to wait this out in the cellar. And he's like, no, we got to go to the cellar. Like Barbara is just over there. Comatose staring, having that thousand yard stare Mm -hmm. from Johnny getting hit with a tombstone. Well, I I do. I I would really love that if the undertaker came in and hit Johnny with the tombstone pile driver, (laughs) that would be better. What if they recut the movie, but it's the undertaker wandering, wandering through the cemetery. And then he hits Johnny with the tombstone. I like that even better. <laughs> I like that as well. But it had to be one of the tombstones from like one of the Genesis games where like bats fly out after he delivers it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love this already. But yeah, I just don't. Yeah, Harry Cooper sucks. And then you also have like Tom and Judy who also don't do much. Tom's like, well, listen, guys, here, hear me out. Listen, hear me out. Try mm-hmm. to play peacekeeper. And I just kept forgetting that there were more people in this. I thought it was just the Coopers and Ben and Barbara. And I was like, oh, I guess there are two other people in this. Yeah, well, and then there's far more with the broadcast and the people there. But those aren't the main characters, you know, and with with uh, with the people that come up a bit, uh, Judy and uh, whatever his name is, Tom, Tom, they don't do much. And then what happens is. She's like, I'm coming with you. It's it's that the thing in this movie where it's the woman is in the way. And then then her jacket's caught. And then she's the reason that the plane is ruined. And I'm they, not blaming a woman. I'm just saying that's the device in this movie is something with a woman goes wrong. I first off, I, it's not her fault. The whole plan was we've got to get this truck over to the gas station and then. <laughs> Tom, I've never seen somebody pour gas more poorly where he has got the handle full bore ready to go as he's spinning it towards the gas. Like, he is that is... not how you I I immediately start shooting gas all over the pump and then put it in my car. <laughs> Don't you do that? He is just it is awful. Like he is spraying it like he has never sprayed before. <laughs> like like he's pumping and running like that is what he's doing. We're trying to pump and rub on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> With gas, gas this high. Yeah, we're pumping and running. (laughs) But and then he gets like in the car to like, I just don't know what the plan was. Yeah. And it's it's it is one of those things where like they do it so much better on like the walking dead where these guys are just kind of shuffling. So just go a little faster. That's the (laughs) appeal of zombies is when you like zombies, then the, the one of the debates is slower, fast zombies fast zombies none of us are going to live 
but slow ones you can kind of corral them but in this movie that's seemingly non-existent they are this is the slowest version of zombies they are the most shuffling and the only reason that the ghoul and barbara get into it in the cemetery is because barbara wanders over to him and is like actively has to go engage with this ghoul like if she hey. just like <laughs> If she just goes back to the car, this movie is over. That they mm-hmm. just drive home and and just wait this whole thing out. Like that's it. That's end of movie. But you've got Tom and Judy who can't spray gas, who get the torch lit on fire, the car's on fire. They're like, we'll drive it out. We'll just go fast enough to put the flames out. And it's like, no, there's a gas tank. You will blow up. And they do. Yeah. And and that's one of the bigger probably the budget things in this movie was that explosion and it, it, it cuts away because i think they did cheat it a little bit where they're 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 driving the screen goes white real fast and then you cut to like the flaming car so you mm. kind of see the explosion but you don't see the explosion and then you see their cooked meat get eaten by all of the by all the zombos uh and th- during that whole scene of what i labeled in in my notes was uh the the gas scene, then it you get some of the scariest imagery in this where you, it's just a field of zombies just kind of waddling. And the whole f- fact that this movie is in black and white makes those scenes so much scarier because it's just like they're seemingly an endless horde of zombies coming out of the darkness. And the black and white adds to this movie but also detracts a little bit because the blacks are so deep that it's like i can't see anybody's His name is face. ben <laughs> i <laughs> god damn it i knew i knew i knew i was like nope don't 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 say it brentwell don't say it brentwell and you said well, it and i think part of that is because you watched a shitty copy of this movie i watched <laughs> it on uh, HBO because I have fifteen dollars a month. I could have. I, I, I didn't want to turn my Xbox on. I know. I didn't want to turn my Xbox on. Yeah, well, that was a, a note I had in here. Are you uh, is black and white or no? What do you do? You think it helps or hurts this movie? I have seen a color version before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember much about it, but I think the black and white helps this movie. Yeah, because it does add to the scariness of it and just the 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 field of zombies not being able to see things in like color. And I think a lot of horror movies nowadays are, are way too lit, like everything's lit way too bright. We're like, mm-hmm. I really I'm not scared of this. I'm just not. It's not for me. Um, but I think the black and white definitely helps us, which is why I chose to watch the black and white version and not the color version I own on DVD. I don't even know how they it blows my mind that they make black and white things color like any time like, oh, it's the color three stooges. I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> yeah, it, I've never seen the color three stooges. Is that a thing they did? Yeah, they did. But uh, and, anytime they make something black and white color, I and this is not I don't have a joke or punchline. I'm just like, I don't even I'm amazed the technology we have listen when i watch the three twos i'm gonna see every liver spot on curly (laughs) yeah that's the crossover we need is the zombie the three stooges meet the zombies ah why i oughta (laughs) i told you we're going to the cellar knucklehead (laughs) i'm not going to the cellar (laughs) yeah you are (laughs) and and you know like mo would have like taking the two fingers to a zombie and then 
the eyeballs would have been stuck on his fingers and he would have been <laughs> like, whoa, fellas, these are the dead. I, I will say if you had the three suits in here, it would have the social commentary would, would be even worse because like two of the three suits are at least a little bit racist. Like, like let's not pretend that they were big civil rights heroes because I'm pretty sure they were not. Well, and if, if, if yeah, I would feel bad for, uh, for Barbara, if she got slapped once, could you imagine <laughs> getting slapped? <laughs> yeah, just uh, God forbid there's a whole fridge of pies in there. That's <laughs> She does that uh, one of those three uses the thing where, where they put the fist on the head and then it's like whirlwind into it. Like, <laughs> you, just... you know, like Curly would have kept the zombies away by laying on his side and running in a circle. <laughs> I got you, fellas. <laughs> um, uh, so, the, uh, so a big part of this movie is the, the debate of upstairs or downstairs. And I'm always of the belief of let's stay upstairs till shit gets bad and then just go downstairs. <laughs> Right? Duck season, wabbit season, duck season, <laughs> wabbit season. How about both? How about we have a House of Representatives and two senators from each <laughs> state? <laughs> like we could do both and just when shit gets bad. But also, I feel like, wouldn't you want to go upstairs? Yeah. And then, like you could be on the roof and then at least take the zombies out one by one as they crawl through a window. Yeah, that's why. Like the the cellar should be a last resort. You can't start in the cellar because then there's nowhere to go. Yeah, that has to be your 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 escape plan. Even though it turns out that's the safest place in the movie. Like, (laughs) but still, listen, I refuse to say that Harry Cooper was right. Okay, I will not say it. I will not say that's the point his wife makes who she never misses a chance to bust his balls and rightfully so. (laughs) But in my head, I'm like. Uh, oh, she's like, you always got to be right. And in my head, it's the line from the big Lebowski. It's like, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> like your method of going about proving how, how you're right is wrong. You're not likable. I'm guilty of that too, though, where it's like, do I want to hurt my girlfriend's feelings and be right <laughs> or enjoy my evening and be wrong? Yeah. It sounds like somebody needs to uh, read how to win friends and influence people. That's a big uh, thing in that book is it's more important to let somebody believe they're right and remain friends than you be right. And then have uh, the rest of your life and that relationship being like, he was such an asshole that one time he was right, but he was an asshole about it. But you said the perfect thing. I was right. <laughs> See, There you go. Being an there asshole you- again, Gavin. <laughs> Oh, but Harry's an asshole. Like, let's agree that Harry is yeah. an asshole 100 percent And I don't care that he was right. He was a dick and deserved everything that got to him. Which does he get I guy? This is a part where I kind of dozed off. I'll be honest. Does he get shot by Ben? Yeah, because uh Ben runs in from the gas and and uh Harry doesn't open the door or something like that, refuses to help. Yes, and then the zombies are coming in. And like he goes up to help put the door on and he holds the door with Ben. And then for his troubles, Ben gives him a knuckle sandwich. And then, and he, yeah, he punches him a bunch with the, with, yeah. that old, with that 1968 sound effect of swap, 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 swap. <laughs> then later, like uh, it's like the finale of uh, the zombies attack. 
and then uh, all Harry's uh, plan is to he's got to get the gun. He gets the gun, but then Ben wrestles it away from him. And Ben's like, you know what? I'm not putting up with this dude. Again, you see when they act like animals, uh, these these human beings acting violent, more like zombies than zombies. And uh, Ben shoots him in the chest. And that's how he's taken out. And he f- goes down into the cellar next to his daughter, Karen, who we haven't mentioned yet. But that anybody that knows anything about zombie movies is when she's when you get bit, that's it for you. You're gone. You're gone. There's nothing left of you at that point. Unless you cut an arm off. Quick, you got to amputate. You got to amputate. You got to suck the venom out, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I exclusively get bit in the penis. I got <laughs> bit right here, baby. <laughs> it's kind of, look how swollen it is. Look how big it is. That don't look no no bigger <laughs> to me than normal. <laughs> no, look how big it is, baby. You got a big old chump out of it. But uh, yeah, so Ben shoots Harry, um, and then uh, the the mom. I can't remember her name. I wrote it down, but her name is Helen. Uh, Helen. When when Ben shoots Harry, you know Barbara was like, "Okay, I'm glad he just smacked me because he could." <laughs> <laughs> this could have been way worse. <laughs> this could have been way worse. He could have he could have shot me in the kneecaps. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then also uh, Helen doesn't really do anything when Harry gets shot. It's kind like, of like, yeah, I get it. Them's the brakes, kid. Like that's yeah, she's fine with it. Um, but we get we get the scene of uh, Harry walks down to the basement and seemingly dies next to his daughter, and then the mom Helen walks down. And sees the daughter eating her dad, which is another scene where kids who are brought to the movie were like, and for that reason, I'm out. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> like even back in the day, like you just see that all the time on zombie movies. But like to see that, like for the first time of a mm-hmm. child eating a father and it, it's a very quick. They probably did couldn't hold it more than what they did on that scene. But it was like, God damn. (laughs) And I guess the scene was going to be reversed where he was going to turn and then eat his daughter. And they're like, all right, we got okay, we can't. That's too much. That's a little too much. But having the daughter and I think besides uh, Barbara and Johnny at the beginning, I think the image of the girl like walking towards the mom with like the shadows, I think that's Mm -hmm. the most. I mean, that's on a lot of the Walking Dead T-shirts. That's on a lot of the promotional footage. It's just that girl, Karen. And like, Yeah, Karen. And really, he's in the movie for like two minutes. Yeah, she doesn't really got too much going on. And uh, then <laughs> Helen just women be tripping in this <laughs> one, y'all. Like they can't handle anything because of their what happened was Helen got on the same cycle as Barbara. Yep. And started what her, it was. And started her period as well. It takes less than 12 hours for that to happen, apparently. <laughs> Just if you are near someone who is also menstruating, it will also cause you to begin. <laughs> but it's like, and you know, it's this movie's written by two guys and also through the lens of 1960s. So I'm sure there's not a there wasn't a fi- there's not a final girl. There's not a final anybody in this movie. But that trope of the final girl wasn't even in this movie. No, not at all. But you do. But you have Helen not being final girl material. She trips yeah. and just sits there while her daughter comes at her with a trowel. Could have ah! gotten up several times. 
yeah. uh, moved out of the way. It is just a trowel, which is not <laughs> the sharpest thing in the world. But she just sits there and gets stabbed several dozen times while screaming the weirdest scream we've heard. Yeah, it's like it's got an echo effect on it and stuff like that. But uh, and then what, what uh, we get uh, uh, Barbara finally she she gets taken out by Johnny. I forget. I, I remembered how this movie ends, but I forgot that Barbara just gets taken by the masses. Johnny had to walk all the way back from the cemetery. So that's good on him for like following the herd and like finding his mm -hmm. sister. So get good on keys. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the keys. Do something. But we it's like some of the 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 scariest shots in this movie are just arms coming through the windows. That's yeah. just as that's like, you could just see that on, on any zombie movie. Now it's a trope in any zombie thing is just arms coming through windows. And it was in this movie. Yeah. I know that when I think of arms coming through the window, I think of like resident evil, like mm -hmm. those games, mm -hmm. Maybe the zombies trying to get into the window there. There's a level one of the game where you have to like board up the windows like this and like stop them from coming in. But it, it, it's very, and I think the black and white, just the rich blackness. Uh, you gonna say it? You no, know? no. Okay, okay. I have to go away. His name is Ben. Uh, <laughs> the rich blackness of the black and white, uh, and that darkness that, that like, just the arms coming through where you, where you can't see anything beyond that. It's like, yeah, it's it's very scary, and it feels like it goes on for a while. They're yeah. just like, they're like, okay, we got to hammer some hands. We have to shoot some people. Oh, there goes Barbara. Oops, there goes gravity. She's got, yeah, one of the, uh, what, what, like, uh, obviously, or one of the lead characters. That's another yeah. thing I had. I was like, she's dead. My first viewing, uh, but it, she's not doing anything, but it's like to kill that character off. She's the lead, arguably, and she's just gone. She didn't do anything. And I and I forget, I think I remember her getting slapped. And I was like, well, she eventually comes to and carries her weight. And she does not. No. She she contributes nothing to anybody's mental or well or like physical well-being. She is just there to get smacked and be ignorant. She's um, played much better, not not played, but written much better uh, in the 1990 remake, which uh, we will talk about, I'm sure, at the end of this podcast. Is that the but one with Anna? Is that the one with Anne Haish? the it's the redhead lady okay um but we she gets taken away and then uh ben's got no other choice than to be wrong and go down <laughs> to the cellar that's the i don't know if i would be willing to be wrong at that point i'd be like nope i'm nope, too stubborn i'm not letting these honkies <laughs> <laughs> These jive turkeys will not be correct about me and the cellar. Uh, that'd be fun if he decided to make a stand against the zombies right there and have like a big monologue. Of, <laughs> and I, he's got to say honkies because there's never been a least offensive term than honkies. But uh, he goes down in and then he boards it up. And then wouldn't you know it? He's safe. But we get just a house full of roaming zombies, mindless, uh, just walking around. What happens to Karen? 
she she gets uh, thrown because he's backing up towards the cellar and she comes up and almost bites him on the arm. That's right. So then she gets trapped upstairs. Yeah. Because I was like, does he shoot this girl? And then, no, he doesn't. He should. Uh, no. Could you could you imagine if that was my uh, this movie, a strong black man shoots a white child, a child. Uh. <laughs> uh. And again, uh, Barbara while like, saying well, the word while saying the word honky honkies. <laughs> and then uh, we, we cut back to uh, not the the news uh, stuff, but back to like all the redneck people which we get more of in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Those are some of my favorite scenes in Dawn of the Dead of just the the people clearing the fields and the countryside. Yes. We get a lot of that in this movie. We get the sheriff who, you know, all oh, they're all they're all dead. They're all kinds of messed up. And that's another one for the fire. You get that Pennsylvania kind of accent, but we get the guy just they're walking around got a helicopter got some cops with german shepherds uh rednecks walking around in fields really taking control of stuff yeah and then he hears that like the zombies are gone the shooting has stopped ben comes out and then you have just two two dudes just talking like really take your aim study steady and then boom ben gets shot in the head and that was when I first watched this, I was like, oh, I like this ending because they wanted it. You don't see an ending like this. It's less. It's the mist, <laughs> uh, which we don't have to spoil, but it's a similar ending where it's, it's depressing. Like, All hope is lost. I don't, I'm sure there are other movies with similar endings, but it's like this. I think Romero said it and I have the quote somewhere and I probably won't be able to find it, uh, but He's like, this movie starts bleak and just gets darker throughout the whole movie. I would and, agree with that. And it's then like as soon as Ben's uh, shot, then we get it. We get, you know, that's another one for the fire. And then it cuts to just pictures with the music and it couldn't look more civil rightsy. And like they got the meat hooks and they're like just treating human beings just like meat that's what they're doing it's rough and stephanie watched it with me the end of it and she's like you know what they're trying to say here is that he could survive the zombies but he couldn't survive white people and i go oh really is that what they're trying to say <laughs> is that well, what she's PhD a college professor is that like, what your yeah. phd taught you to do <laughs> that you can see the symbolism had the she sim seen this movie before? Yeah, she has. And she actually um, at the Horror Hound we went to back in 2019, John Russo, the writer, was actually there. Yeah. Talking to people. Did, did you meet him? I met him at a different uh, when I went to the weekend of the Living Dead or something. The one at the mall in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. where Dawn of the Dead was shot. But uh, also he's the co-writer of this movie, John Russo. But also he's in the movie. If you remember the scene where. Ben is outside doing something by the truck. And then we get that lone zombie coming in and the background behind uh, Judith O'Day, Barbara, that's John Russo. That's his, his zombie. And he's the one that he, I think he's the one that gets hit with the tire iron. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember. I think I read that he was. Yeah. So, um, but he was very nice. We, we stood and talked with him for a while and he signed a poster for Stephanie and she was geeking out because she likes the writing aspect and like, the social commentary. She, mm -hmm. she's, she's a big old nerd like that. 
Uh, but he was very nice when we met him. And it's 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 crazy to think like I was looking through the cast of this, like a lot of the cast it has passed away since the movie came out yeah but I mean, a lot of them are still alive. in their 20s and 68 or whatever you know so but a lot of them are still alive surprisingly karen's still alive obviously the yeah. youngest in the movie uh judith o'day is still alive barbara's still alive well the, i don't know when this will come out but the at the days of the dead indianapolis they're having the what is it the 55th anniversary what a, it's a it's a five anniversary and judith o'day is going to be there uh, Johnny will be there because he was at the uh, Living Dead weekend. Oh, uh, we should uh, we should go there, Gavin, and get our pictures taken and tell him that uh, our podcast is named after his line. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will say when, when you said, I don't know when I said, Judith Day is still alive. And you go, I don't know when this is going to come out. I was like, are you going to are you, are you <laughs> <laughs> I got some breaking news for you. <laughs> are you taking her out <laughs> uh, on to dinner? <laughs> they're, they're going to dine you <laughs> wine dine in 69 <laughs> <laughs> you're no ignorant dis no disrespect judith O'Day. <laughs> i'm sure she'd make a fine 69 <laughs> <laughs> is that a compliment women want to hear be like ma'am i don't want to be rude damn but baby. i think I don't want to be rude, but I think you would be a fine 69. <laughs> oh, my word. You while you go down on me, I go down on you. My word. I've never <laughs> been so flattered in my life. You are not ignorant. <laughs> um, how do you, uh, as we wrap up here, any other thoughts on this movie? There's so much. There's the copyright thing of they change it to Night of Living Dead and somehow the copyright thing didn't make it on there. And that's why this movie's public domain, which seems bizarre that you could just show it once. And then if it's shown, then I also own the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> crazy. Could you imagine like everything now on YouTube's like copyright claimed and like everybody's like Night of Living Dead. It's like steal it, put it, what, yeah. whatever. Well, whatever was, you want with it. we should both put uh, Night of the Living Dead on either one of our YouTube channels because <laughs> well, it doesn't I, matter. <laughs> like, well, I actually read a story where it was copyright claiming for certain things. Like somebody went in and like it was getting flagged for like music, but it's like, no, that's not, this is all public domain. You should be able to do it. But yeah, there's some whole controversy with it. But yeah, anybody who wants to, if you need some views, throw it up there. You have to put the public domain version because I was like, could I steal the Criterion Collection 4K version and throw it up? And like, no, you can't. They own the rights to that restoration. Yeah. You can't yeah. just, you can't do that. Well, and this movie, I think was, uh, I, I have it in my notes, but in the the Library of Congress, like one of the most important movies that I added into that, uh, that group of movies. Um, and, you know, obviously we're talking about this movie decades after it came out it's still important it's the name of our podcast <laughs> like, yeah and it's just such an important movie for a lot of things but for the zombie genre and then it spun off and inspired so many other movies absolutely and i do like this movie it is a little slow and i, I hate saying that for every podcast We're like this was slow and like what do you like gavin why do you, uh, you just want a, a movie to like kick you in the dick and like get, go out full force yeah i do but yeah. i <laughs> But I do appreciate this movie and how historical it is and what it means to the zombie genre and the horror genre. This is a movie that you can like show people and be like, this is a film. This is actual art. Mm -hmm. It has things to say. And like, I mean, it, it's, it's our podcast name. So clearly we are fans of it. Yeah. And I mean, we, we didn't really touch on 
talk about, you know, George Romero all that much of, uh, would you, is he the father of the zombie genre? I mean, there's probably some debate with that, but it's like, we see I so think, many I, influences. I think so. I don't know. I mean, some people might, might want to argue in the comments, but I think he is the father of the zombie genre for sure. He definitely, if he's not the father, he's the cool uncle who made everybody know what zombies are. That's That's probably true. Um, uh, final thoughts or anything else before we wrap up here on the, on the show? Uh, not really. Do you have an oh shit moment and a favorite kill? Yeah. Um, my favorite kill. Does it count if, uh, Karen's eating her dad? Is that, is that a kill that counts? Yeah, sure. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) And my, uh, so my oh shit moment trying to think i don't know how i can fit it in but the the beginning of the movie yeah (laughs) the chase i guess that's an oh shit moment i don't know my oh shit moment is when ben slaps barbara (laughs) it's like oh shit yeah what the five fingers say the face barbara slap Slap. you're ignorant (laughs) i love that that's what just your that that entire first 11 minutes is so quotable and so much fun mm-hmm. to just even if you don't watch the rest of the movie just like god that cemetery scene like brains for church huh yeah i think uh and i think my my favorite kill is the slowest stabbing ever of helen cooper <laughs> ah, and just the <laughs> uh the the chocolate syrup blood which we, we didn't talk about because it's black, black, there's and white. black and white yeah yeah you can do that chocolate syrup blood just oh hershey's <laughs> oh hershey uh, <laughs> and wait, wait i didn't mention but this movie was kind of uh, drew a lot of uh inspiration and influence from the the book i am legend which, oh. when we think about it uh that novel has inspired a lot of things including including the movie i am legend including the movie the omega man the last man on earth those are that's three movies plus this one um that you know it's kind of an important novel i've not read it i've read the i've watched the movie with uh will smith and i will never forget of him what he did to that dog but uh <laughs> i'm just like yeah i watched uh I, I watched the will smith version so i'm pretty well versed in the subject matter if will, know- smith, if will smith does a movie version that's all i need to hear that's all i need yeah well you know when uh he, what he did what he did to that dog no spoilers he was whispering Keep my wife's name <laughs> out your mouth. <laughs> oh no! I heard uh, that make- dog. I heard the dog make a GI Jane joke. I did. It was justified. <laughs> I'm just it saying. Was justified. Just it was justified. Um, if if you like this uh, movie, what should you check out, Gavin? Uh, any movie ending in of the dead. Just anything ending Dawn of the Bong Dead. of the Dead is a movie that I own that is a zombie movie. Bong of the Dead. Which is fun because neither of us are big into marijuana culture or like smoking weed or anything. So no, I'm glad you own no. that. I um, do. I bought it at a convention. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 version and the 19 uh, or the 2004 version is great. Mm-hmm. Day of the Dead, the original is great. Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Any of the dead movies, 28 Days Later, um, Shaun of the Dead. These are all zombie movies that we will recommend. Anytime a zombie movie is recommended. But really, uh, if you want to go black and white, go Universal Monsters as well. Mm-hmm. I would also uh, say check out the 1990 Tom Savini directed uh, mm. version of 
the Night of the Living Dead, where uh, Tony Todd plays Ben, and he was also in acting class with uh, Dwayne. Uh, what, what's his face? I can't oh, remember yeah. his name. About. Yeah. yeah. So he was uh, like, uh, like an acting class with him and really wanted to play that role. Uh, but I would check that one out. I would definitely check out all the rest of the Romero zombie ones. I can't speak for Diary of the Dead or uh, what's the other one? Mm, I don't know. The, I don't know what the one after Diary is. Yeah, but um, I would even Land of the Dead. People give talk shit about that one. I like that one. Listen, and if you meet, if you get to meet Big Daddy at a convention, <laughs> give him give him twenty dollars. He really Help needs the man it. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, those uh, of the Deads. Is there are, are there any ones that you would go for for like social commentary? Probably Candyman, right? Candyman, get out. Get out, yeah, yeah, get out for sure. Um, and that, yeah, I can't yeah, think I, of it all the time. Yeah, pretty get, much what you said plus what I said. So yeah, any of the <laughs> dead movies, zombies are good. The Walking Dead, if you want to watch a, a really long zombie show. Yeah, I I did. I watched uh, every episode. I stuck with it. Did you? Yeah. It's, oh, proud it's, of you. It's good. I go back but and finish it. You could take breaks. I think taking breaks from that show really helps. Okay, good. Um, I will do that. Yeah, especially for at least the special effects on that. I feel like that's the best special effects of any zombie thing is uh, The Walking Dead. I agree with that. I think they, they and they always improved it, too. So, yeah, definitely yeah. Walking Dead. So uh, to sum up this this episode, I'll just say the line that uh, we always say, Gavin, they're coming to get you. Barbara, they're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. Coming to get you, 